to another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatchy. I'm your host today. I'm a staff pastor at the Rocky Butte campus of Manor House in Portland, Oregon, and we are a multi-site church that spreads over the Portland metro area and also down in Eugene here at the Growing Faith Podcast. Our heart really is to just serve the body of Christ, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Uh, really, I believe that the, the ministry is really accomplished by the people in the church that we might consider, quote unquote, the average Joe, you know, just the, the people that come to church every Sunday and, and sit in the pews or, well, at least that would be like our our old perspective, right? Our, our old paradigm until the COVID, until the COVID came and interrupted the flow of our lives and now I think we've had to ask ourselves some fairly significant questions on how does the church be the church and how important is the church building for the church to be able to be the church. Thankfully, thankfully, we are not completely bound up by whether we can meet in our buildings or not because we have this thing called small groups. We have this thing called community. We have these things called relationships that really are the glue that holds us all together. And so it is uh, with great honor I've, I've actually asked one of my dear friends, Max Bravo. He is a small group leader, small group coach from our, our Mill Plain campus, leads a great small group of men um, that actually have quite well you know, survived the the COVID transition going into taking a an in-person live small group into a virtual environment. And so really our heart today is to talk about what are some of the challenges that you face in that process? Um, what lessons maybe have been learned in the process? And, and then there's also just that question about transitioning back into quote unquote normal life. Do we even know what normal is going to look like? So Max, thank you so much for being here today. How are you today? I'm doing awesome. Thanks so much for having me again. Uh, it's great to have you here. And uh, I'm excited about this conversation today just because obviously groups are a big deal for me. They're something I'm super passionate about. And uh, so uh, tell us, you know, I know you've been on a couple of other episodes and we've talked a little bit about your small group, but why don't you just uh, give me a quick uh, rundown. What is Grounded? How do you guys operate uh, maybe before before the pandemic set in? And then what's what's it looking like today and kind of what's, what's been your journey? Yeah, right. Thank you again. Um, yeah, Grounded is a group of uh, men. It's a men's group uh, that uh, we basically want to grow in Jesus, grow in his word, and grow in community. So that's, the, I would say that those are the three biggest uh wise for us as to why we exist um yeah i would say originally it was meeting at monday nights over at the mill plain campus and we would get together in a room and basically uh we we since learning of the word or growing in the word was a, a key value of ours we would always go through a book uh and uh and we would go chapter by chapter we would always pick highlights pray for one another, to discuss uh, the portion of the scriptures that we read, also support each other's lives with prayer requests and praise reports. So honestly, the 
there the biggest change has just been that we don't meet in person it's still the same agenda it's still the same heart it's still the same motivation just that we transferred that and put that into a virtual group uh, we are meeting in Zoom. We had tried some other things, so it was a real trial and error for us to see what would work and how it would work. Yeah, that's that's been such the truth. Is there was no easy easy peasy one step solution, right? No, it you, wasn't. <laughs> you gotta try this, and well, that worked good, and that didn't work good, and you try the next thing. Well, that worked better, but that worked worse, right. and and then you just try to find the thing that's the easiest for everybody to access. The the, the fewest speed bumps, if you will, the yeah. fewest roadblocks. And um, so basically you would say that converting your group to a virtual context was easy as pie. Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> it was challenging. Uh, I believe I had a day where I broke down in tears, <laughs> believe it or not. I was, I am not technical. I'm social, but not technical. And uh, so I had a lot of learning curves that I felt that were initially distracting me from the thing I love to do. But I had to put myself in a position to be willing and, and uh, to learn and uh, to take on this virtual world in order for us to continue to exist. So it's, yeah, totally. It, anything but easy as pie. I don't know what's so easy about pie. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't even Have like you ever pie. tried to make a pie? I <laughs> no. mean, making a pie is not easy. So I'm not really sure what that means, but everybody kind of gets the heart of it. It's not easy as pie, whatever that means. Um, but it's, it's got its challenges. And so we, we were talking earlier, you know, what would you say if you were to boil it down? You know, obviously the list is probably mind-numbing how long the list is yeah. of the challenges that you can face, but what um, what are the uh, high-level, uh, maybe top one, two, or three uh, issues, challenges you've faced in taking your group into a virtual context? I would say besides the technical stuff that was just a couple hiccups, I would say that um, not everyone was on board uh, to take on Grounded virtually. Uh, some of our guys, uh, for various reasons, and I don't judge any of the reasons they've given, uh, just opted to not do uh, Grounded virtually, you know, that they would wait until this was over. Now, initially we knew, uh, we thought it was four weeks and it's what, it's turned into several months now. So, uh, but you know, without judging their, without judging their decisions, you know, I just basically said, okay, so that's kind of, you have to be okay with knowing you're going to lose, you know, at least virtually. You won't lose them permanently, but you'll lose them virtually uh, initially. So that's a challenge. Yeah, you know, and I, I think there's two great points that you just brought up. One, the average person that's leading a small group is a person like yourself that's very committed, very dedicated to people. And so to just lose say 25% or 30% of the people in your group by switching to a virtual model can be a humongous problem for the leader because they're feeling like a failure potentially. They're, right. they're feeling like, why am I even doing this? And so the, the leader finds himself in a place where they're having to put extra energy into accomplishing the same thing and actually getting kind of diminished results because I'm losing some of the people because of those technology things. Um, and so I, I think those are really good things to point out um, that more like just recognizing that they are reality because I think um, what can happen is you can not realize that those are challenges 
everybody's facing because we kind of talk like, oh yeah, I switched my group to virtual and it's great, it's awesome, it's lovely, everything's right. fantastic. And I even posted a picture on Facebook and Instagram about my awesome small group that's meeting virtually. And so people can think that other groups are just hitting it out of the park, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so awesome, so successful. But to just recognize, you know, like, hey, um, it, it hurt my heart actually to yeah. kind of lose these people from the flow of the group. That was a hard thing for me. Like, I, you know, it's like you grieve loss. Like, Absolutely. And you got to allow yourself to process that mm -hmm. thing. And then, oh gosh, and then people just getting tired, right? Because they thought it was going to be two or three or four weeks. And they thought, oh, I'll be fine. I'll pick up the group when we get back together. And like you said, here we are a couple months out and uh, it's still... It's still like when and how and no where and what. And yeah. so, awesome. So uh, that's a great point. Um, so let's talk about the flow killer. Tell me, tell me, what's it, what's it mean uh, when you say Zoom is maybe a little bit of a flow killer? It is definitely a flow killer. Uh, it doesn't have to be a permanent flow killer, but it's good to admit that it is a flow killer and to be expecting it to be. Uh, when I mean, what I mean by that is there's sometimes when in a Zoom call, uh, for some reason, it doesn't happen in person as much, but there's a lot of overlap or or, or bumping, as we would call it in the uh, customer service world, where we someone starts talking and then somebody else starts talking, or you don't, or you miss someone's facial expression because they wanted to say something. For some reason, it's easier to read that, at least for me, it's easier for me to read that in a live situation. It's just difficult with. Um, with the virtual to miss that so just being open to the fact that hey it's gonna happen you know it's just gonna happen uh sometimes uh, there's technical difficulties someone's praying and uh their audio goes out or somehow there's just background noise and you don't hear their prayer so just being open to that was just what's gonna happen sometimes now you have you've used a phrase in our conversations that um, you, I, I don't know that I've heard anybody else say it, so I'll give you credit for creating <laughs> a new phrase. You know, you talked about being willing to chase the flow, um, and that, and I guess in charismatic circles, that could be kind of a funny phrase. But um, in a in a small group, in a small group context, in the virtual environment, what what does it mean to you when you say you got to be willing to chase the flow? What does that mean to you? Well, because of the fact that it's not some things that are just a given sometimes in a in a room situation uh aren't in the zoom world and a lot of times i have to be just sometimes i feel like i have to be five times more engaged and five times more um after it you know when if i see that there's a guy like paying attention to every little box you know the whole brady bunch bunch boxes that look like on a zoom meeting just being very intentional about, about trying to pick up the energy or facial expressions or anything i have to try that much harder but it's worth it to me because you can catch that flow of like hey um you know i'm just gonna make up a name hey brandon it looks like you you had something to say you know whereas an if I just kind of like vegged out and went through the motions, I could really miss all of those really key points of what I see, you know, that comes so much easier when you're together in a room. So that's what I mean by chasing the flow, being as the leader saying, you know what, these little nuggets, these little moments, these little, you know, nuances that are happening are still happening. I just have to be more uh, proactive about searching for them and finding them. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, what we do with our physical bodies affects what we're doing emotionally um, and mentally. And so when we have made the decision to show up somewhere, mm 
for a small group, um, I think mentally and emotionally, we're in a place where we're like, I'm here, I'm engaged, I'm dialing in. If you're sitting on your couch and you've got your phone in your hand right. and you push the Zoom button to connect with the group and maybe you're making some chorizo in, <laughs> in, the, in the kitchen while you're on the Zoom call. Nothing wrong with chorizo in the kitchen. <laughs> true. But it takes some attention and it takes some focus and a, you know attention to detail that can right. detract yes. the amount of investment that you have in the meeting. And so, um, you know, you, I, I will talk about it in a minute, you know, kind of another part of the work, the job of the small group leader is to set up an environment or an expectation that, hey, we're, we're here to spend intentional time yes. together um, because what we put into this is going to dictate what we get out of this. Absolutely. And that actually would help people be able to stay more engaged and more connected long term. Right. Because if they go three Zoom meetings half engaged, they're going to be like, this is kind of lame because right. it's not the same. It's not even close. It's kind of stupid. Why would I waste my t Why would I waste my time? Right. And so um, it's so interesting, the things that we're learning. And here is the value that I think we're gaining from this season um, that I think if we just say it out loud might actually, we might actually put more attention to it and might actually get more value out of this mm -hmm. gain is I feel like leading a small group in the virtual context is like listening to music on a radio with a lot of static going on in the background. And so to get the content, to get the heart, to get the feel of the song, you have to really focus in. You got to really, you know, like really work at hearing it and focusing in on it. And, um, but then if you take that same song and, you know, you get to go and sit in an auditorium with, you know, ultra high def speakers in this highly, you know, like uh, built for sound environment that you get to just be enveloped in the right. power of that song. And that I think that's kind of, um, you know, community and relationships Absolutely. are so powerful I think it's similar to kind of how music can affect us, relationships and community can affect us mm -hmm. and change who we are, which is why it's such an important part of God's plan. And I love doing this with background noise happening and you know, <laughs> like somebody's breaking into a car down the road. And so it's all good. It's all good. Um, it's don't all worry. Good. We're um, so anyway. It's all chorizo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Um, so I think that we're going to get back into a small groups meeting in person context and, and, and some of that uh, uh, static will die down yes. and we, we might find that we are all just a little bit more effectively equipped to connect with one another, to pick up things that maybe we had let kind of slide in our, in our laziness because we will be so used to putting in the energy yes. that is required in a digital environment that we'll get to the face-to-face -face and we'll be like, wow, this is like all clear and in stereo. Like I'm really liking this. So um, so maybe one of the silver linings of yeah, the process of absolutely. going digital is we will learn some new skills. And uh, then we talked a little bit about already like what we're dealing with right this minute is uh, simple <laughs> logistics of just background noises that happen. Um, because a kid's crying or the, the microwave, microwave keeps beeping or, and you're like, really for the love, come on people, you know, like, you know, utilize <laughs> the, the mute button, <laughs> visualize the mute button, you know, like let's, let's do this thing. And so, um, basically having to work 
much harder as a small group leader to create an environment that is pro-intimacy and vulnerability, yes. right? Because those beeps and boops and stuff in the background can detract from a person's willingness to kind of open up their heart. Um, do, you, do you have any insights as a small group leader of how you, you go about intentionally building that environment of uh, intimacy, vulnerability in a digital environment? Um, honestly, it, it starts with checking my own heart. Um, you know, obviously we're in a very trying season and it's easy to allow what's happening in you personally to, to actually pull the group back and not forward. Uh, so um, I'm, very, I'm very blessed in that I've created a, a, a support system for myself. And about half an hour before uh, the meeting, I always go in and I ask specific leaders, specific uh, friends to pray for me in the midst. Because the last thing I would want to do is to bring in that, ugh, you know, uh, energy into a group of men that I'm trying to assist, you know, to pull out of them. And I can't do something I'm not willing to do for myself. So I would say it starts with um, creating that intention for myself first to say, you know what, we're going to go after it in Jesus name. We're going to come in, you know, this is the vehicle we have for now. and It's better than nothing. And we're going to go ahead and do that. So I think that when I check my heart first, I can go in with a total different energy and a mindset and my heart's in the right place. And so then I'm like, not lethargic in my own meeting. And then I can, I can, I feel like the Holy Spirit allows me to be able to tap into uh, bringing in that kind of, you know, intentionality that works because it starts pulling those who came onto the Zoom meeting just like they were, with, you know, where I was half an hour prior to that, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I would say that uh, once I'm in, I'm in. And I'm there to pastor, I'm there to encourage, I'm there to, uh, you know, be a cheerleader, if you will, and uh, really get in there and ask specific questions. And it's okay to say, you know what, today was a horrible day and it was okay. It's allowing a safe space for the men to be able to say, I'm not doing well, you know, let's talk about it. We're not here to just rainbows, unicorns, and chorizo, you know. We're here to actually go in and say, let's be real. Let's be intentional about connecting with Jesus. I always say this. If we don't connect with Jesus, this was a complete waste of time. You know, I so think yeah. if we our end goal is we're closer to Jesus than we were before we started this. So I'd say it starts with yourself, checking your own attitude, investing in having people invest in you. There's a ton of support out there. Our pastors and our staff, they care about us. We're not out here by ourselves. Uh, they're not just going, hey, good luck with your virtual group, you know. Uh, lose my number there i mean they're very much involved and invested in you and uh, i say take advantage of that i know i do and and i feel like our group has i'm very proud of what where our group is at uh, considering all the challenges it's yeah. that have been thrown at us i think um you know i love that you say to start with yourself and actually just to kind of it's nice you a small group leader kind of give permission uh for other small group leaders to just be honest and to be like, yeah, today kind of stunk. Like, and if I'm really honest, I'm not super pumped about getting on Zoom right now. Right. Um, but there is a, that place of being the leader where, you know, you can't let your feeling. We've we've talked about this before. Like, you can't let your your emotions, or your feelings, be the dictator of your life. Right. Like, they're a great indicator. They need to be addressed. They need to be listened to. To go, okay, um, I am feeling a little funky, a little bit off. 
why. Let's, you know, let me pray about this. Let me process before the Lord. Let me call a friend. Let me get my heart in a right place. And then you're, you're so correct, man. There, there are some powerful things that come out of a group leader looking the people, you know, even digitally in the eyes, like looking them in the eyes and saying, man, I had a hard day today yeah. and I need you guys. Yeah. There's something powerful about that vulnerability, that just being honest of where you're at. And as even as the leader asking the group to be there for you and to speak into your life and to support you, because that begins to remove any form of spectator right. feel of the attender of the group that they go, oh, you're my leader, but you're also human and a little bit broken and a little bit mm -hmm. challenged at times. And I can have a part to play in helping you be who God has called you to be. Amen. And I just think um, that is such a powerful thing that, that we don't establish a small group leader culture that says, I'm a small group leader. I got all my stuff together <laughs> all the time and I don't need help, but I'm here to help you. But but then we just go, you know what? I'm a small group leader because I recognize how deeply I am in need of the of the connection with the body of Christ that I'm going to make sure that there are opportunities available for other people in the body of Christ co to connect. So I love I love that point that you brought out. I just wanted to kind of, you know, run a run a yellow highlighter across <laughs> it to make awesome. it easy for people to hear that and see that. So, having talked through all of these points and recognizing Gosh, Max, I'm a little bit intimidated now of the level of work that you're talking about. Although we're we're far enough into that into this, a lot of people are probably like just yes and amening you, like, oh yeah, I feel you, bro. Mm -hmm. um, I get all that work, um, but it does kind of make me ask the question, why, man? Why do you do it? If it's if it's so much work and if it's so hard, why do you continue to do it even with all of these roadblocks in the way? Thank you, COVID nineteen. Right, right. Why why do you do it? Um, I do it because my calling didn't stop because we were in a pandemic. Um, I was called um, almost a year, you know, a little over a year and a half ago to show up to a BlackRock and have no idea who was going to meet me there. Uh, but I felt like God was uh, calling me to start a men's group. You know, my my uh, my calling didn't. Uh, my calling didn't get canceled or placed on pause just because of a circumstance. Now, granted, it's a big circumstance, but in no way, shape, or form was was God saying, "You know what? It's okay. Take a break. You know, or or don't don't keep working. You know, don't keep chasing what I said to you a year and a half ago." So, because of that mentality, I think to myself, "Okay, uh, this is going to be work." Uh, but it's worth the work and it has to work because the calling is still there. You know, we just had to make a few adjustments, you know, change, like as these people say, change the sales, you know, in the direction when that it's going so we can keep on, uh, you know, staying afloat. So it's a labor of love. You know, at this point, I'm, I love those guys. I love our community. I love our brotherhood. I care about those who have joined and those who didn't. It's an it's a mutual love for them, and it's a mutual you know it's like it's just a calling that still exists. So that's my. And opinion. I like how you say uh, one. I love that phrase. My calling hasn't stopped just because we're in a pandemic. Uh, I'm not super active on Twitter, but I feel like that's a tweetable. That's a tweetable <laughs> tweet. You know, like my, my calling hasn't stopped just because we're in a pandemic. Like. And man, Jesus is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We're Amen. called we're called in the season to move forward in advance, 
even when the world is telling us uh, stay home and save lives and don't move and stay where you are and shelter in place and all of these things. And, and yet now as, you know, as the, the restrictions begin to be lifted little by little and that kind of thing, um, like we really should be advancing and moving forward regardless of yep. what the government is saying. Because, um, I mean, especially in a pandemic, it's not like people stop dying. It's not like people right. don't need the gospel. We need to make sure that we are doing our part as small group leaders, I feel like, is just helping equip, again, equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. Because as they come together and they, they get strengthened and encouraged and, and filled up, then they're able to go to their workplace, to the friendships that they have, to the family relationships, to be better husbands, to be better dads, to be better brothers, to be right. better, better sons, to you know, daughters, you know, all across the board, right? And um, and then I, the second thing is I love that you called it a labor of love. Yes. And that there's two really powerful concepts that you have um, bottled up in that is labor is work. Um, <laughs> ask any woman that's gone through labor. Um, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm not speaking from experience, obviously, but that's a, that's a thing, right? Like that is yes. a, a high price to pay for the birthing of something, something that is exceedingly worthwhile. Yes. And, and that, um, and so calling it that it, it's a labor of love. And so if it's something other than love, we're going to get tired. We're going to get worn out and we're going to quit. It's like uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, like if I have all these awesome powers and I can say all these great things and I can understand all these things, but I don't have love. Wow. I'm, I'm a resounding clang and gong and cymbal and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Like we need to make sure that we're doing it in love, but recognizing it's a labor and yeah. uh, we're going to get, we're going to get tired and that's okay. And that's where you're talking about having that network, even for you as a small group leader, to be equipped, to be strengthened, to be encouraged, to be picked up when you're down, because you're not invincible either. And, right. and none of us are invincible. We all need to have our network. We all need to be connected. Um, so, man, so good. Um, so you mentioned that your group is actually in the digital environment, running about 50% yeah. of the attendance you are running in a face-to-face -face environment. Um, so uh, talk to me about how that could be super discouraging, uh, but talk to me about how have you processed through that reality to continue to help you keep coming to bat, keep doing the work, even though you could look at the numbers of your group and be discouraged by, wow, 50%, ugh, you know? What, right. Walk me through that piece. I think what helped a lot, I had run another group uh, when I first initially got here, and although God brought me a, a, a ton of people, I think I made the mistake of focusing on the numbers and not and not um, focusing on just loving the people that are in front of you and that are, that, that are still there. Um, not that you forget about the people that don't attend anymore, but that it's this time around, I felt like it was such a good, hard lesson to learn. This time I said, you know what, if God, if it was a one-on-one -on -one Zoom meeting, I'm showing up. Because once again, the calling is there. It, hasn't, it, it, it doesn't change because of the numbers, you know. So good. And so part of me felt like I'm, as hard as it was to have had a group that, that kind of, you know, um, 
disassembled, you know, in, in a way and got to a small group and I took that personal. This time I had promised myself, you know what, I'm just going to love the people that are in front of me. It, they're going to get the same Bible study, the same passion, the same, you know, the same calling, you know, whether it be five people or not. And uh, because of that, I actually saw it as a good thing. I, actually, 50% in this, in this, in this season is Pretty awesome. Yeah, you, you know? just get down on your knees and you thank Jesus for that, right? <laughs> like, that's actually a win. <laughs> yeah, and in, in actuality, um, I think, honestly, any bigger than that, and it starts becoming much more challenging on a Zoom meeting. Yeah. So it actually was good. Not that I was happy to lose people, but it's made it more um, feasible to be more intimate in a smaller group setting. So instead of almost 30 guys, I have anywhere between 12 to 15 guys on an average. And uh, so, yeah, I think that, that uh, I was able to, because of past experiences, bypass the discouragement piece and uh, just focus on, yeah, let's do this, 15 guys, you know, let's do it, you know. And um, yeah, I, I think that that's where, that's where I bypassed that discouragement piece. Uh, but I really did have to uh, go through a, a difficult season initially a few years ago in order to get to yeah. this place. Yeah, you're hitting something. It's probably a whole podcast episode in, <laughs> in and of itself. Yeah. Like, And maybe make a note, come back, and let's talk about that concept of pastoring the, the person or the people in front of you, um, pastoring the ones that God brings you, um, and not, not getting caught up in the highly American mentality of numbers indicate success. Right. Because one or two or three people that come into a community setting and have their lives transformed by the power of the gospel mm -hmm. and that get deeply engaged in a walk with Jesus can change the world Amen. versus a hundred people that are showing up to an event and having a great old social time, but having minimal to any spiritual transformation happening in their lives. And so, and not that God can't work in the hundred people because right. he absolutely can, but recognizing that the number is not the indicator of success or failure. It's the, it's the work that's happening in the people that are showing up, whether few or whether many. Right. Um, and so I think, boy, that shoot, like somebody needs to write that down right now <laughs> and probably pray through that right now yes. because there, I know, I know that there's someone listening today that is wrestling with that reality. And and, and that's face-to-face -face or digital. That's it, right. It doesn't matter. I've faced that challenge. I still sometimes face that challenge. Like you show up to a meeting and for whatever reason, there's only three people there when usually you run 10 or 12 right. people. You immediately get discouraged like, oh, dang, like what, what am I doing and why is this happening? Which can be healthy questions to ask if you, you know, maybe you are kind of messing some stuff up. But, but generally, <laughs> but generally speaking, you know, like stuff happens in people's lives that yeah. cause them to to miss or pull back or. We just had a, a, a Memorial Day weekend that just passed. We still decided to to meet as a group, and uh, never in the history of Grounded had we ever, even from the very beginning, uh, ever been so small. We only had me and two other guys, and I'm telling you. Um, that was such a great opportunity. I had one of the guys who hardly ever says two words usually. I mean, man, his personality came out like crazy during that meeting. And we had such a good time. And you know what? 
we really felt and I really sensed in the spirit that it was a, a, a time to have good fellowship. You know, we, we actually didn't do our Bible study because I really felt like, man, the fellowship is, is just so sweet right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we ended up talking about the silliest things and laughing. And I just felt like we weren't being irreverent or unspiritual because we didn't really talk about anything yeah. that was at earth shattering. In fact, because the our society has been so heavy, it, the three of us walked away feeling like, man, we really needed just something that was just, you know, lighthearted and, and good and fun. So, yeah, I mean, I think that if I had had the old mentality, then that that two guys showing up on a Monday would have devastated me. I would have said, yeah. what am I doing wrong? And, you know, and people don't like me or, you know what I mean? Just turned it into something that it's not supposed to be at all. Right. Come on. Yeah. So um, I love that thought. So good. Like I said, we're probably need to come back and do a whole episode just on that yeah, one topic because it. it's such a such a deep. Uh, uh, that's a powerful one. Um, so let's talk about the other fifty percent. So you know, we talked about that you're able to maintain a fifty percent. So that obviously means there's another fifty percent that aren't showing up. Yeah. Um, so what are just a couple of points that have helped you um, to to keep you know, kind of keep tabs, keep connected to whatever, mm -hmm. to that group of people so that if, if really the digital thing has been the primary obstacle that's keeping them from connecting, um, we, you know, obviously you're trying to um, continue to have a bridge built there so that when the face-to-face -face opportunity re-emerges, that the access is easy. Like they right. just come back across the bridge and here we go. <laughs> yep. What are some steps you're taking to kind of help keep that alive? Um, first is just definitely um, not having any judgment or condemnation for their inactivity to the virtual group. Mm. Everyone has had a their reasons why they are not participating at this time. So to not make that the issue. Uh, the so let's pretend for a second that I'm one of the people that stopped coming to your group virtually. Uh, what's a what's a thought process you could have in your head if you were judging me? Like let's just. <laughs> Yeah. What like say that thought out loud because I bet you you're gonna read someone's mind here and they're gonna go oh don't have that thought anymore about the people that aren't showing up right it's it's initially I thought it was uh, very tempting to take it personally because here you are um, at already going an uphill battle mm -hmm. it's already going to be hard and sometimes it's easy to feel like man I'm counting on you to to back me up here I'm already doing something difficult. And you're not going to roll up? Like, really? It feels you know? like a, a betrayal. Um, it feels like a yeah. betrayal. Um, some have been really, had been really honest and just basically said they're not going to do it because they're not going to do it. There wasn't any really, and it was, it, I had to fight not going like, man, I have a lot of stuff on my plate right now, uh, personally in my life, that I could have very easily have said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and st time out, step out, right. because I have these two really big things going on in my life and I chose not to. I cannot put myself in a position where I have to say, because I'm willing to sacrifice right. this much, yep. then you're a punk for not doing it at all. So I yeah. had to just be like, it's okay. I love you, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's you totally know? Philippians chapter two. Don't think about yourself more highly than you ought. Think of other people as more important than right. yourself. Um, don't just look to your own needs, but look to the needs of others. Right. If we take that place of a servant, then we're going to skip past the things that could create resentment and even bitterness in our hearts in the process. It's it's the enemy trying to come in and right. create little inroads that will destroy relationships if we let them. Um, so I love that. That's such a 
that's such a powerful, we could leave it at that point alone. Yeah. But what's two or three other ones that you're doing? So once you're past that bridge, <laughs> then you go in and you include them. And in ways that that uh, I text message them, I, I let them know I'm thinking about them. I let them know I'm, we're, you know, we're praying for them. And, uh, you know, just if they have any prayer requests, basically including them offline, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just making sure that, you know what, this didn't draw a wedge between you and in this group you're very much still a part of grounded and if, if there's a way that we can connect you know either messaging them and you know they responded or just saying hey i know that you're not joining us because you have all of these other things on your own plate like i do and i go how's that going how's your family how's you know this situation whatever they shared and just being like intentional about saying hey i i still see you you know i still see you even though you're not you know in this in this virtual world with us yeah because the the need for support encouragement community um, actually goes up during these times of crisis and challenge they don't go down and so um the american way uh, i've definitely noticed that this is a common kind of just cultural reality is that our relationships can so often be based on proximity so like hey because we are showing up to the same small group every week we're friends. Uh, but when that dynamic stops, then a lot of times the relationship just drops off like a cliff, you know, like, Oh, you don't exist to me anymore. I don't call you. I don't text you. I don't think about you. And so there's something so powerful about reaching out to a person, even in the smallest of ways, like, Hey, just thinking about you today and praying for you. How you doing? And, uh, so Um, Awesome. Well, I think you have just provided such great content today. Max, I just want to say thank you for your time today. And uh, we'll definitely dial up another one to be able to talk about uh, that great uh, pastoring the people in front of you episode. I think that's going to be great. Um, So thank you so much for your time today. And uh, hey, you, the listening audience, thank you so much for for joining in today. As always, if you could just like and share and comment um, and rate the podcast, that'd be super helpful to being able to just make the content that we're making available more accessible to more people. Um, If you have any questions, comments, or snide remarks, feel free to reach out to me at rickm at manahouse.church. I definitely uh, love all those snide remarks. Keep them coming. Um, With that, I just say a big, huge God bless you, and may you have the most amazing day.